This is exactly right. Forgive me for interrupting. I'm Bridger Weiniger, host of I Said No Gifts on Exactly Right. Each week, I invite my favorite people in comedy over to chat, and they always bring a gift. We're coming up on our 200th episode, and every episode is a gem. I have welcomed all kinds of great guests, including Cola Scola, Bowen Yang, Robbie Hoffman. It goes on and on and on. And you don't want to miss the 200th episode with the great Maria Bamford. What does she bring me? Find out April 25th. New episodes every Thursday. Follow I Said No Gifts wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome. To my favorite murder. The mini so That's Karen Kilgara. That's Georgia Marie Hardstark. <laughs> Full names only. Um, thanks for joining us. It's getting into spooky Halloween. That's right. And we've made a call to have you guys send us your spooky Halloween and fucked up Ouija board stories. Any kind of creepy, perhaps paranormal, or maybe yeah. just your sister fucking with you. A great coincidence. Um, but like crazy. Yeah. No the, dreams. Like what, what scared you the most when you were 10 yeah that's not tv or right. something like that like don't, a real life experience don't send us your creepy dreams we don't care no no dreams don't count yeah that's and, your personal business um go to my favorite murder.com or my favorite murder at gmail i think we're gonna do like a special halloween episode about them yeah that's right and we, and basically you guys it's a halloween takeover <laughs> <laughs> Are we on the radio? This is MTV. <laughs> Yo. Yo. It's a Halloween. Okay, go ahead. This Yo, is- it's a Halloween takeover. These are your stories. <clears throat> Subject line of this is hometown story. Dear MFM people and pets, when I was a sophomore in high school, 97 through 98, I received a typed letter in the mail asking if I wanted a blowjob. <laughs> Just a strong start. We are off strong. to the races. Strong. The letter ended with instructions that if I were interested, I should leave an orange sticker included in the envelope on a specific stop sign by my house. Wow. Mm-hmm. Compli- uh, complicated for a blowjob. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's several steps. Um, kind of a, the Rube Goldberg of a, of a free <laughs> blowjob. I must have put the sticker on a day on a day late uh-huh. because I never received a second letter. <laughs> what can I say? I was a 16 year old Catholic virgin. I thought this was how sex happened. <laughs> My friend a few blocks away, however, received multiple letters. Each was designed to build trust between the writer and the recipient. One letter he received said that to show that the letter writer was serious, they put an envelope with $5 in it under a very specific rock in my friend's Xeriscaped yard. I wonder if that's when you have uh, the bushes are cut into the shape of animals. That's my guess. I'm going to guess that it's wa- like a good water resistant garden. But we'll never know because we'll forget about it immediately. Well, what if Stephen remembers and looks it up okay. for us? Xeriscaped X-E-R-I. Okay. And then the end will have the big reveal. <laughs> Luckily, no blowjobs happened. <laughs> Luckily. <laughs> Luckily, get those blowjobs. <laughs> time and time passed until one day I saw on the news a local priest, shocked does not fall over the crowd, was arrested for soliciting oral sex what? through the mail to boys who went to St. Pius <gasps> High School, my alma mater. Go Spartans. It was a priest. <laughs> I recognized him. Sophomore year at St. Pius, we were required to take a comparative religions class where we learned about Judaism, Buddhism, and for one day out of the semester, a priest would come and talk to us mm-hmm. about Satanism. This letter writing suspect 
Oh, this was the letter writing suspect. He had been coming to this theology class for years and must have snagged a student directory during a visit. Holy shit. I believe he was defrocked and may actually see jail time due to the fact that some of his alleged abuse occurred while he was a chaplain on a local Air Force base, meaning no statute yeah. of limitations. Yeah. 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 They got the uh, U.S. military's got the right idea. That's right. Stay sexy and don't have sex by snail mail. One of your many fans in Albuquerque, Scott. <laughs> oh, wow. My God. Wow. Twists and turns. Now. Um, I was telling Georgia this earlier, and I'm sorry that I'm like this because I know it drives a lot of people crazy, but I read Twitter like in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. I often wake up at four in the morning and just pick up my phone and start scrolling oh, and girl. then go to sleep. I'm next door at Instagram <laughs> hanging out with you. <laughs> at 4 a.m. Yes. So I saw this and I don't know if someone sent it to me, which I think is like 90% likely, yeah. but I saw this story, I believe, in the middle of the night last night. And he's, I believe if it's the same story, this priest signed these letters, Joyce, <laughs> which what? is the most hilarious, unless it's Joyce. a different letter writing priest, but I can't imagine that it is. I mean, coincidence. There's a coincidence that we talked about that we it, want to hear from you. We love coincidences. Are they just coincidences? <laughs> oh, Stephen's yes. got the answer. Okay. That we already forgot about. Is this Xeriscape? Yeah, Xeriscape. It's basically like... If you want to not use tons of water, yes, it's like it's like rocks. Right. And oh, well, congratulations. Right? That's what I said. Did I say it wrong? I don't remember what you I said. I said water resistant. Oh, good. But you meant That's drought what resistant. What you, you meant was drought resistant. <laughs> Thank you. Good job. Uh, I really wanted it to be weird green giraffes. I wanted it. Yeah, I wanted you to be right. Thanks. I really did. I did not want you to be right. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Okay. Um, this one's called More Reasons to Lock Your Fucking Door. Great. Okay. Hi, everyone. Hi. Hi. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Hi. Hi. <laughs> My husband and I got our first apartment together in 2011 in Kansas City. It was a very small one bedroom ground floor unit with a walkout patio. It was in a much more urban area than my husband, a man from rural Arkansas, was used to. He had uh, I had to constantly remind him to lock the door, something he thought was overkill. Oh, locking the door be overkill. Let's not show off (laughs) and be all crazy. We think we're rich. It's you only get so many locks a year. Right. One afternoon, when my husband returned home from work. He was startled by a frantic knock on the front door. He jumped up and looked through the peephole to see our across-the-hall neighbor looking very anxious. <gasps> my husband, being a kind Southern man, opened the door, something a cold Northern woman such as myself would never have done. <laughs> a neighbor burst into the apartment, and my husband immediately realized something was really wrong. Um, the neighbor was frantically looking out the sliding glass door. He asked to borrow a phone, saying uh, that he needed to call 911. The neighbor began to explain to the dispatcher that upon coming home from work that day, he heard noises in the storage closet. Each apartment had a small closet attached to the patio or deck that had what was only accessible from the outside. Okay. Makes you get it? You're there in your mind? Yes, I think so. Great. Kind of like your old patio. Yes. So if there was like a, yeah. Um, The neighbor walked to his sliding glass door and began to pull the blinds, seeing what looked like a person Mm. running away from his patio. Mm. He went outside and opened the storage closet to discover that someone had clearly broken the lock and had been living there. 
What? Empty vodka bottles, cigarette butts, fast food containers, and his patio furniture cushions made into a bed. Someone had been partying there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Living and partying are very different. (laughs) Moments later, the police arrived with sirens on. They quickly began taping off the area as several more cars arrived. The police spoke to my husband and the neighbor, asking them to recall anyone and everything they'd seen. After a good 30 minutes, my husband was asked if he'd be willing to let them look in our storage closet. He led the officers over and opened the door, which my husband had left unlocked all caps <laughs> inside was the same scene as our neighbors he sent me a text message that started okay so you were right about locking the doors <laughs> we were asked to please be alert and told there would be police in our parking lot until this person was caught seemed like a lot for a pretty basic break-in the next day we were told by the management company that a serial arsonist was suspected to have been hiding in our complex and the police were working to capture this individual <gasps> With a little research, we found out that this person was suspected of setting fires in at least two other complexes in our area, causing millions of dollars in damage and injury to multiple people. Shit. Needless to say, we moved. Okay, now you ready for this line? <laughs> but not before subletting to a friend of mine that we never told. <laughs> oh my God. Evil? Maybe. Cost effective? <laughs> Absolutely. Stay sexy and lock your fucking storage closet. S. Friend? No. <laughs> yeah. Good friend? Uh-uh. <laughs> shit yeah it was like seemed like overkill for someone just like camping out right but fucking arsonist arson and also just like your if your house is the house where the arson fire starts right oh right what a nightmare wow okay um i'm not gonna be the subject line of this one okay um hi friends And then in parentheses, simple, inclusive, to the point. (laughs) When I was 10 years old, my parents took my 13-year-old sister and I to Charlotte, North Carolina, for a week over summer vacation. We were staying at a palatial estate right on the Lake Norman Mm. that was owned by one of my dad's business partners. One morning in the middle of our stay, I woke up to find a note from my parents saying that they had gone out for a morning walk. My sister was asleep in one of the bedrooms on the third floor. Palatial, remember? Wow. Oh, hoity-toity. <laughs> right? Oh, Richie Ranch. I decided to um, help myself to a snack and investigate the television situation. No sooner had I walked into the den-slash-living room situation than I heard the front door being unlocked. I was about to call out for my parents when I heard distinctly Southern voices talking about disarming the alarm system and how, quote, the owners are out of town all month. (gasps) It quickly clicked in my 10 year old brain that this house had been cased and some burglars were looking to rob it while the owners were out of town. Some Home Alone shit right here. This is Home Alone. Yeah. While my first instinct was to go get my sister, the staircase was past the front door and I'd risk being seen. I immediately thought of calling the cops, but I didn't even know the address or the location of the house, let alone have a cell phone. This was 2002. Also, I'm 10. (laughs) Thinking I could find one return address. I think they meant thinking I could find a return address Mm -hmm. on one. I located a stack of bills, rifling through them frantically as the voices started getting closer. Mm -hmm. Eventually, I decided to drop down and hide, scooting behind an oversized armchair by the window. As I crouched down, I saw movement outside the window and noticed a team of landscapers with large shovels renovating the garden of the property next door. I tried waving and getting their attention. And when that ceased to do anything, I painstakingly inched up the window, inch by agonizing inch, so as not to alert the burglars. She's so brave. I know. I would have been just screaming. As a 10-year-old, or just like blanked out entirely. Yeah. Um, Lots of planning, lots of like, like a... 
strategic thinking. I like it. I whisper yelled as desperately as I could, help someone's in the house. <laughs> whisper yelling is yeah. the saddest. Help me, help someone's in the house. <laughs> and must have been convincing because they dropped their shovels and took off, as did I. I sprinted to the front door where I was met with my confused parents, a team of sweaty landscapers and two sweet southern housekeepers who were there to do their weekly cleaning. Too. Jesus, this is a palatial estate. <laughs> yeah. The owners of the house had neglected to tell us to expect their cleaning team Wait, to be there. No. The six adults smiled and chuckled at the dramatic 10-year-old in the oversized YMCA t-shirt. Mm-mm. But later that day, my parents were quick to applaud my quick thinking in the face of potential danger. Yeah. I'm still dramatic as fuck, <laughs> but I'm also a great problem solver in high-stress situations. Yeah. Yes. So fuck politeness, but also fuck pride, because I'd rather look dramatic than be dead. SSDGM Blair. Yes, Blair. So good, Blair. You were right. Immediately thinking to find the address so you could, when you call 911, you'd have the address. Yeah. Is brilliant. And then finding a hiding place, too. Like, that's so hard when you're scared, right? Yes. Like, even when you're not scared and you're playing hide and seek, it's fucking impossible. And then whisper screaming. One of the hardest things you can do as a person. But then it turned out not to be and everything was fine. Yeah. That's good. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant, like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could, as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant-quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made In products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com slash murder. And here's the important note. That promo code is 
all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines and June's journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. Okay, I'm not going to read you the title of this. Okay. Ahoy hoy. (laughs) Picture it. Detroit in the early 1920s. Mm. Prohibition is in full effect, but in Detroit, the Canadian border provides a unique opportunity to (laughs) smuggle hooch into Michigan via the water. Yes. Um, My great-grandfather, Frank, decided to make some extra money running booze across the border in, in his car and selling it to locals. He made a name for himself and unfortunately caught the attention of the notorious Purple Gang who ran the city. Eventually, a gang member murdered Frank, leaving my preteen grandfather as the new head of the household. How fucking crazy is that? Super crazy. Um, The story has been passed down through the family and I've heard it a hundred times. So when my now husband mentioned the Purple Gang on a date, I know, great pillow talk, (laughs) I couldn't wait to tell him my connection. Before I got the chance, though, he mentioned that his great uncle Gus was a member of the gang. After talking with his parents, we learned that Gus was a lower member of the gang. I have no idea how gang hierarchy names work. Who <laughs> <laughs> was in charge of the messy jobs, including ridding the city of the competition. There is literally no way to know for sure because the mom doesn't keep a diary. No. But it's not unlikely that Gus would have been responsible for offing Frank. Yes. I love being a part of this wonderful community. One of the first things I searched for when we got the internet as a kid was serial killers. <laughs> and now I'm not alone. <laughs> Stay sexy and don't smuggle booze into Michigan, E. Oh, E. That is like the Romeo and Juliet of Michigan. Yeah. Oh, my God. Your great-grandfather's uncles killed each other. Yeah. How crazy is that? <laughs> Intense. Yeah. I like it. I do, too. Well, let's go back even further. Hey. Um, and the subject line of this email is, my ancestor was the shittiest dude on the Mayflower. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Hey, y'all. My aunt is a genealogy hobbyist and discovered at some point that we're related to a few people on the Mayflower, including one John Billington, America's first messy bitch who loved drama. (laughs) Amazing. John and his family were opportunistic, devout members of the Church of England and were quite disgruntled to discover that their fellow passengers on the Mayflower were religious separatists. He was like, great, I'm stuck on a boat with all these heathens. So naturally, he decided to stir the pot. Before they'd even dropped anchor in Plymouth, John almost sank the damn boat by firing a gun near a barrel of gunpowder. He also set fire to a cabin one time, two question marks. (laughs) 
Once on land, John started to utter, quote, discontented and mutinous speeches about how they're independent pilgrims who can do what they want. He and some other non-separatists protested for a while until they acquiesced and signed a pact saying they would abide by colonial law. But did he? Of course not. John was a hot ass mess and refused to be tamed by laws. He insulted the military commander and he was sentenced to, quote, public humiliation by tying his neck and feet together, which honestly, now I know. Now I know how I inherited my kink. (laughs) (laughs) He's a blue blood with a kink. Oh, my goodness. Uh, He had a few other feuds for no other reason besides being a real housewife before his time. (laughs) But it all culminated with his neighbor, John Newcomen. When Billington came upon Newcomen in a field one day, presumably coining the phrase, this town ain't big enough for the two of us, Billington shot Newcomen dead. (gasps) He was tried and hanged for the crime and thus became the first person in the Plymouth colony to be executed for murder. Family pride. (laughs) Here's the article where I found most of this info. And there's a link XOXO Maggie Wow How amazing Maggie great writing Good job Maggie Yeah It must be similar To the um, time My mom told me That my great grandfather Was a crooked cop In San Francisco (gasps) And was super rich um, Because he just He was on the take He was on the take And he In the like Turn of the century So there was plenty of money To be made in San Francisco At that time And then he died first and his wife, who hated him, took all the money and donated it to the SPCA. I mean, good for her. So we could have been, we could have all been crooked rich bitches up in the Bay Area. But instead, those goddamn dogs got to live. (laughs) (laughs) Email myfavoritemurder at gmail.com. That was Karen Kilgarry. For all your upset dog emails. Okay, this is called a hometown, hometown haunting. Good old haunting. Okay. Okay. Hello, murder girls. And then in parentheses, it says, that's what I call you when I recap your shows to my husband every week. Oh, <laughs> I live in a suburb. Suburb? Probably. I live in a suburb north of Boston. <laughs> Is it in Arizona? <laughs> <laughs> Cute New England town, but not exciting until about six months ago. A resident posted a question on a Facebook community page. Has anyone else seen the ghost in Market Basket? Apparently, this person noticed an elderly woman, strangely out of place and dressed in Victorian-era clothing, wandering around the frozen food section of our local supermarket. The strange woman apparently vanished into thin air, leaving ghostly vibes and goosebumps in her wake. And for some reason, this Facebook post about the haunting went viral. For some reason, it's the best. (laughs) Like local and national news story, front page of the Boston Globe kind of viral. News vans and photographers showed up in the parking lot, and I was getting extra texts from my friends asking if I needed a protein pack nope a proton pack to go grocery shopping do you need a protein bar to go grocery shopping i obviously need a protein right now um some reporters connected her ghost to a wilmington woman with a strange fixation on death her name was france hiller her nickname was the lady of the caskets incredibly wealthy thanks to her husband's medical career france hired a contractor to build nesting coffins and sarcophagi for the two of them so that when they died they could be laid to rest above ground She had a fear of being buried underground. Hmm. France used to dress up in her funeral clothes. Yes, she picked out her own funeral clothes. (laughs) Wow. And go lie inside her coffin, gazing at herself in a mirror she had installed in the ceiling above. When her husband died, France remarried a much younger man and made him legally change his name to that of her late husband. (laughs) And then says, ah, sweet romance. (laughs) 
<laughs> she became the first woman to hold town office when she served a term on, I can't make this up, the cemetery committee. What? When France Hiller died in 1900, she joined her husband on their funeral mound above ground until their tombs began to leak and they had to be buried underground in the 1930s. Oh, she doesn't want that. No. No, she's that's going to upset her ghost. That's classic haunting reasoning. This is the beginning of every haunted movie. That's right. Is France Miller the market basket ghost? If anyone's haunting my hometown, it's got to be her, a murderino before her time. She's probably pissed she ended up buried and she's taking it out on the frozen peas. (laughs) (laughs) Stay sexy and don't bother a ghost who's just trying to get the shopping done. Kate. (laughs) Wow. Creepy, right? Yeah, but also... uh, Mm. I get, you know, she's obsessed with death and da-da-da and this and that. Then she marries a 24-year-old. I feel like, lady... Your problems are solved. How about living in the here and now? Yeah, you got a good. You got a good young man. That's right. (laughs) Did you hear that thing where they were trying to make up a story about how Elizabeth Warren was having an affair with a 24-year-old trainer? No. It's the funniest, dumbest fucking fake story. And it's just made everybody love Elizabeth Warren even more. (laughs) Because they're like, get it, girl. (laughs) They're like, somebody tweeted, like, how does she, she does four hours of selfies and then goes and has an affair with a 24-year-old. Yeah. That she should be leading this country. Smokes her vape. Yeah. <laughs> to relax at night. Good. Yes. Get it. Um, Everybody get it. Get it and send it. <laughs> to my favorite murder at Gmail. And stay sexy. And don't get murdered. Goodbye. Goodbye. Elvis, you want a cookie? <laughs>